Yes, this is actually a new proposal that just went through the European Commission yesterday. Uh, EU nations are getting really fed up with some of these non-EU countries refusing or dragging their feet to take back these undocumented migrants whose asylum claims have been refused. So what they are now saying, Tim, is that some of these countries, if they refuse to take these rejected asylum seekers home, then they are going to lose their their import free imported tariffs on goods coming into the EU, all those favorite nation status, all those things, tariff free trade may well be stopped. Now the reason that they say they're doing this, you just look at the numbers there, Tim. You've got your less in twenty twenty less than 17% of those undocumented migrants who claims had failed got sent back. Look again then at 2021, it was about 20%. This year so far, 18%. So they're saying, look, we're trying to do our best, but you're not taking these migrants back. And they say this is all that they've really got left is the stick approach. They say they've tried the carrot approach, but really it's got to look at these trade tariffs being changed, put in the other way, so as they do take these migrants back. What countries are looking at? Well, mostly sort of Senegal, Guinea, uh, Cote d'Ivoire and Africa. They're the ones that could lose their trade privileges pretty quickly. Um, what would that mean for Europe? Well, that would mean that the cost of cotton shirts from these countries would probably go up about 12 percent. Uh, but on the other side, Tim, there is a suggestion that the EU are doing this simply because the right wing uh, parties are getting more of a voice in the European Parliament and getting more of a voice in the European parliaments across the bloc and that they are you know, pretty much having more of a say over which way policy goes. On the other side, the European Commission is saying, hey, look, you know, uh, you've got to put your own houses in order, you've got to get your economies back up, and we, Europe cannot constantly be a sort of magnet for a lot of these people and who want to leave home because there's no possibility for their for having their own jobs back in their home country. Essentially, you know, it is a brain drain because these people think they can get better jobs in Europe. So uh, this is a pretty tough move and all signals are that it's going to get through the European Parliament's Trade Committee pretty easily. All right. Uh, winter solstice in Europe. We're still debating whether the, the longest day here uh, was yesterday or today, today being Thursday. But you're quite certain it was the, the shortest up there and one of the biggest energy crises at the same time. It is indeed. Of course, this has been the, the big news here ever since you, we realised, we were made to realise uh, that the... The dependence on Russia for its gas uh, is really sort of, you know, has been way off the scale for the last 10 years. And what the EU has been saying is countries have got to cut back by at least 15 percent if the bloc is going to get through this particular winter uh, without any sort of, you know, without the heating being cut off, so to speak. And now it would seem that the you know, most of the EU countries have done pretty well. Uh, they've reached that voluntary target, and consumption of natural gas across the EU is now down not by about a fifth when you look at the same period between 2017 2021. 
And interestingly, the ones that have made the most uh, savings, Tim, have been the northern countries where it's coldest, uh, but who are most exposed to the wrath of Russia. And I'm thinking about Finland. They were told to cut back by 15% on natural gas. They've cut back by 52%. And Latvia, you know, which borders Russia as well, uh, they've cut back 43%. So you know, even though the EU is saying, look, we're giving you worst-case scenario, possibly turning off the heating, uh, looks as though they're doing that. Here in France, looks as though everyone's doing well here too. They're, we were told by the energy supplier that may not have uh, energy or particularly electricity cuts in December, said that should 9% less usage of electricity in December. But you know, we're only in December term. Uh, winter's only just started. Everyone's saying, well, you know, keep up the good work because January, when winter really does start, could be tough. All right, and there is a new Asterix comic. How so? Exactly. Oh, come on, Tim, you're bound to have an opinion on this one. Of course, the new Asterix comic series is going to be coming out. new one going to be published in 2023. This is extraordinary because the two originals who wrote and, and who drew Asterix, they're long since dead. Albert Udazo and René Guzini are dead. Uh, and But the publishers say everyone wants to keep reading about Asterix. They want to have it there. And so now they've just announced that the fourth writer of the Asterix story is going to be a Frenchman by the name of Fabrice Caro. He's he's known for being a bit absurd with his writing. He generally sort of, you know, does touch on absurd things uh, about a man. He's a very famous in France term for writing about a man who goes on the run after forgetting a shop loyalty card. And it's a big famous thing here. Uh, but yeah, is it the right thing to do, Tim? Should, the, should it continue even though the originals are long since dead? And it's really just this man's interpretation of what they might have written. And not motivated at all by the possibility that there might be a euro in it, uh, or many euros indeed. Thanks so much. No, you shouldn't tamper with uh, that. That's historical. Uh, that is uh, that should be left as it is. The asterisk stuff, and uh, otherwise, you know, people are going to get confused, aren't they? They want to know what's the real thing and what's the imitation. Catherine Field, our correspondent in Paris.